Magandang umaga po. Good morning. Nice to see everyone. Great to be back in Calvary Chapel, Philadelphia. Uh, I uh, moved to uh, New Jersey about when I was about 11 years old. My dad retired from the military, and we drove across country, and we uh, lived in New Jersey. Uh, I got saved when I was about 31 years old. I was in the military in Hawaii. Uh, I came and visited Calvary. Uh, I came back to Jersey. My mom was sick uh, back in 98, and uh, she had lung cancer, emphysema, and I was attending Calvary Chapel here, Philly here. And uh, my mom gave her heart to the Lord four days before she died. And, uh, you know, I remember... Uh, one of the songs that you used to sing here, and this was uh, about 20 years ago now, uh, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn and sail to the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. And wherever we go, the Lord is there for us. Uh, I heard a saying one time, a missionary is not necessarily someone who crosses the sea, but a missionary is someone who sees the cross. A missionary is someone who sees the cross. And so, like uh, Pastor Steve said, it's not, some people are called to stay in Jerusalem and minister, and some people are called to go other places. And for us, we want to go step by step. The Lord will show us where to go. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your great love for us. We thank you for the privilege to come together, Lord, at this confer conference, to worship together, to hear your word, to have fellowship with one another, to pray together and for one another. And Father, we pray for the the conference this morning. We pray for all of us, all the speakers, Lord. We pray that we would be encouraged. We pray, Lord, that we would hear from you simply and clearly, Lord. Speak to our hearts today, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'd like to, uh, first I want to thank uh, my brother uh, Steve, uh, my brother Art, and Michelle, they're back there in the Philippine jackets. Uh, I met them in the Philippines, and uh, they were attending uh, Calvary Bustos in the Philippines. And uh, they're here in Pennsylvania now. They're living in Pennsylvania. And I think their heart is still in the Philippines. And uh, I didn't think that I was going to see him again. Uh, but the Lord brought me back here last year and brought me to this conference. I had no idea. And I had no idea I would be back here this year. The Bible says man makes his plans, but the Lord directs his steps. And uh, I'd like to share uh, a scripture that the Lord gave me when I went to the Philippines. One of two scriptures that he gave me. From Acts chapter 26 where Paul was uh, on the road to Damascus and he was going to arrest Christians and to bring them back to Jerusalem. 
And as you, most of you know, there was a bright light on the road. He found himself on the ground. He heard a voice, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? In uh, Acts chapter 26, starting in verse 14. And then in verse 15, he says, who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, who you are persecuting. But rise and stand on your feet. I like that because Paul is not in command. He's not in control anymore. He finds himself on the ground and he hears a voice and he calls him Lord. And Jesus says, get up, get up, stand on your feet. I have appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you as a servant and a witness to the things which you have seen me in which you have seen me, and to those in which I will appear to you. Delivering you, verse 17, delivering you from your people and from the Gentiles to whom I am sending you. So Jesus was sending the apostle Paul, or Saul at that time, Paul, to the Jews and to the Gentiles, and the purpose, look at verse 18, to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan to God. And that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So Jesus is sending Paul on a mission. He, you are, he was on his own mission, and uh, he had an encounter with the Lord. And his purpose, Jesus was sending him, to turn people, to open their eyes, the Jews and the Gentiles. And God is calling us as believers to be salt and light in our communities, in our families, in our neighborhoods, in our schools, because a lot of people are walking around with their eyes are still closed. They don't understand. Like I said, I got saved when I was in the military. I was 31 years old. And part of that is I went to a church in the pineapple fields. I was stationed in Hawaii. And uh, I remember going up to uh, pray. There, the pastor gave a long story, but the pastor invited people to come forward and pray. And I did. I knelt down and I did my sign of the cross. So I had gone to uh, Catholic school when I was young. I didn't say any words. I said, Father, but in my mind, I said, Father, I want to please you. I didn't know what that, you know. But I, I knew that I wanted God. I didn't want my way anymore. And uh, so I came back to the church, and I, somebody gave me a Bible. And I started to read the New Testament. And Jesus said, the words that I speak are not mine, but my Father who sent me. And if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So as I began to read, I began to understand who God was. And as I read, I said, this is good. This is right. This is true. I'm not like this. I'm messed up. The world is not like this. The world is messed up. I want this. I went back to the church again, and I remember the pastor talking about Jesus hanging on the cross. 
Now, I heard when I was young that God loved me. I heard that Jesus died for me. I always believed there was a God, but my life was here, and God, he's out there somewhere. And I prayed, and when I was 12 years old and 11 years old in Jersey, I started to smoke cigarettes. When I was 14, started to smoke marijuana. When I was 16, high and drunk all night with my friends in the next morning. So I believed there was a God. But I didn't understand the relationship part. The pastor told me if Jesus, if you were the only one alive, Jesus would have hung on the cross bleeding for you. He would have looked at you with love in his eyes and you would know that he was doing that for you. When I heard that, I began to understand that the first time that Jesus bled and died for my sins, that he loved me. And the Lord began to change my life from that moment. So I started to tell my friends in the military. And they looked at me like, hey, what happened to Rick? Or is he crazy? And I understand. Because that's what I thought before. My eyes were still closed. I didn't understand. So I share the, message, I share the gospel with them. I tell them about Jesus. And uh, that was 30 years ago. And the Lord... Uh, that's still my heart today, to tell people that there is another way, that God's way is good, it's right, and it's true, and that he loves them. And if they'll open up their hearts to him, if they'll come to God with a humble and a repentant heart, if they believe that Jesus loved them and died for them on the cross and he rose from the dead, that they can have new life, that their eyes will be open, that they can have hope, in this life, and a home in heaven one day. New life, new creation. The Apostle Paul said, I was not disobedient, O King Agrippa, in verse 19, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, but I declared first to those in Damascus, and then in Jerusalem, and throughout all the region of Judea, and also to the Gentiles, that they should, what's that say in verse Repent, that they should repent, change your mind, change your thinking, turn to the Lord, believe Jesus Christ, believe the gospel, receive him as your Lord and Savior. We have a saying in the Philippines, Tunai pananampalataya meron pagsisisi, tunai pagsisisi, Meron pagbabago. In English, true faith, genuine faith, brings repentance. There's repentance. If faith is genuine, there is repentance involved. And true repentance brings change. Bagong puso, bagong buhay, bagong nilalang. New heart. Bagong puso, bagong buhay, new life, and new creation in Christ. And that's what God is calling people to. He's calling them into a relationship with himself, that they should repent and turn to God, believe the Lord Jesus Christ, and perform deeds in keeping with their repentance. In other words, if our faith is genuine, if our repentance is genuine, good deeds 
should follow that. People should see Christ in our life. They should see we're not perfect. As Christians, we're not perfect. We still fail. But God, people should see something different about us. Jesus said, you are the salt of the world. In Matthew, Matteo chapter 6, I think it's verse 19. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, right after it says we're saved by grace through faith, in ver- not of works lest anyone should boast because of what Christ did for us. By putting our faith and our trust in him, there's a change in our life. And verse 10 says why we were saved. That we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he prepared beforehand for us to do. So God saved us for a purpose and for a reason, not just so we can say, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven one day. But God wants to, you're his workmanship, you're his masterpiece. He wants to use you to impact the lives of people around you, to touch their lives, to touch their hearts, to point them to his son. New life, new heart, new creation. So Paul testified nothing more than to the small and the great in verse 22, to this day, saying nothing but what the prophets and Moses said would come to pass, that Christ must suffer and being the first to rise from the dead, he would proclaim light both to our people and to the Gentiles. So there's the gospel. The Christ must suffer, and he would rise from the dead. And that's the hope that we have. Jesus said, because I live, you also shall live. My time is off. I got to... What time is it now? I'm still on Philippines. What time is it? 10 o'clock. It's 10 o'clock? I'm supposed to stop at 10 o'clock. And there's many speakers. Okay, um, I'll show a short, uh, well, the video is like six minutes long. I'll just put some pictures up there. And, uh, yeah, just show some pictures, and then I'll talk while the pictures are up there. But, uh. While we were, this is a typhoon, our last typhoon in the area, two years, about a year and a half ago, down by the river. We're ministering down by the river, and uh, there's, I have a mission card in the back. You can read more about the ministry. Uh, we moved to the Philippines 15 years ago. We had two places in Hawaii. We sold one. We, we bought a house in the Philippines by the river. And uh, we invited the neighborhood kids to come and eat. And they came, and we prayed with them, and we shared the Word of God with them. And uh, some of them came back twice. They acted like they didn't eat, but we knew they ate because they had some grease on the side of their mouth. And, uh, but uh, later on that year, 
my wife and I were talking about uh, going back, selling our other place, and moving to the Philippines full-time for ministry. And that's what happened. And uh, the, hard, the challenge for me was, I told her, Hannah, I'm working here in Hawaii, and when we get to the Philippines, what am I going to do, you know, for income? My wife was a new Christian. I had been a Christian for about 15 years. And my wife looks at me and says, trust the Lord. And, uh, you know, the Lord uses men. The Lord uses our wives to speak to us sometime. And sometimes we need to be not so, in the Philippines, we call it matigas ulo, hard-headed. And uh, so, uh, yeah, we, we moved to the Philippines. Uh, we started uh, children's ministry, uh, youth ministry. There was a local couple there that uh, helped us with that, Bible studies, prayer meetings. And then we prayed about buying the lot behind us. And uh, we had enough to buy so we could have Sunday services. We had enough to start the ministry or start building, to buy the lot, start the building. We didn't have enough to finish. And we knew that. But we said, Lord, if you want people to come here on Sundays, if you want people to come here and hear, the, hear your word and worship, we're trusting you to make a way. And as we were building, he made a way. It was amazing. So some of those children that were in, uh, that's my wife on the, in the brown, uh, my, my better half. So some of the children that were in the children's ministry in 2007, 2008, uh, four of them have graduated college. Three of them are teachers. Uh, one of them is a pastor. He's the assistant pastor. Another one bio, graduated Bible college, and he's uh, helping lead the Bible studies in the church. Uh, three young men, they're in their third year of college. They had dropped out, and now they're in, the, uh, in elementary school or middle school, and they're in their third year of college right now. And the Lord is using them to minister to the children. Uh, that was an outreach in 2013. We had a mission team come over. That was when most of the children lived by the river at that time. Uh, because of the flooding, the government built some housing about 30 minutes away. There's about 1,000 families there. We have ministry there uh, every Saturday. Uh, we have a small unit there, and uh, we're able to, uh, kids come in. We're able to feed about 100 kids share the word of God with them. We give them a little styrofoam cup with some, it's called lugao. It's like a rice porridge. And uh, they hear the word of God. We give them some food and they, they're happy. Simple things. Uh, simple things that we take for granted. Uh, every couple months as the Lord provides, there's a basketball court there with a uh, overhead covering and the kids come, sometimes about 300 kids. They get their lugao, they line up. We have big pots, and we, we feed the kids. We share the word of God with them. And uh, we, uh, we were just bought a unit behind the children's ministry. Uh, the Lord blessed us with that, and we're praying now to be able to uh, connect that and make that one unit so we can fit more children inside. Uh, so we have the ministry in Bustos by the river. We have ministry in one of the factories there. Uh, we have ministry in the resettlement. And we're also 
I have ministry in the neighboring province of Pampanga. We've been taking care of a church there for about 11 years. And uh, also the municipal. We have the privilege. I have the privilege with some of the pastors. There's a flag ceremony every Monday morning at the municipal building. They raise the flag. And we have the privilege to preach the gospel to the people there. And also to go into the SB Hall, the count where the vice mayor and the counselors are there. So we were able to minister to the mayor, the vice mayor, the police department is at the flag ceremony, and sometimes they uh, invite us to come minister to their officers, the fire company, the healthcare workers. Uh, we're able to go into the schools in the Philippines. There's uh, the Lord has opened many doors, and. Uh, uh, that was a baptism in January. Uh, we're just, uh, I'm just amazed, and I want to encourage you. Uh, the Lord, I remember when I was in New Jersey after my mom died. It was about a year after she died. And I was thinking, should I go back to Hawaii, or should, Lord, do you want me to stay here in New Jersey? And uh, one of the things, I was looking at a study Bible, and I don't remember the scripture, but I remember the note. And it says, walk with the Lord day by day, and he will show you what to do. Walk with him day by day. He will show you what to do. So I'm thankful to be here, and uh, I thank the Lord for all of you. And I know the Lord has a plan and a purpose for your lives. Uh, you are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. And he will use you wherever you are right now to reach the people around you. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time together. Father, we thank you for your presence in our lives. You are faithful. You promised you would never leave us and you would never forsake us. Father, we thank you that we have hope in the trials that we go through, in the different seasons of our life, that you are with us. Pray for anyone today, Lord, that's going through a struggle, a trial, something painful right now, Lord, that you would minister to their heart, that they would find comfort in you, that they would find peace in you, and, Lord, that they would draw near to you during this time. And, Father, uh, we thank you for your work in our lives. And we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who came into the world to save sinners, to save us. In Jesus' name, amen.